Hello and welcome to the Grace on Fire show. I'm your host, Carrie Stanley. I'm a mom of twin boys, a nature lover, a travel adventure junkie, and the founder of the Grace on Fire movement. First, I want to say thank you for tuning in here. I'm on a mission to support women to live a fully aligned life that is on fire through nature, soul-fulfilling retreats. I'm bringing this show to life to share the many stories of others and my own of what truly following the God whispers really looks like. I'm a big believer that we can step into the life that we are being called to and that the journey looks different for each and every woman. In the show, you'll learn powerful lessons, learn a variety of tools, hear from different faith backgrounds, and hear the real backstories in all different stages of what it really looks like to step out in faith and live a life that is grace on fire. Let's tune in. Welcome back to another episode of the Grace on Fire show. And I am so excited today because I've got one of my personal mentors on the show today, Lisa Kalman. And you have been the epitome of, I talk about grounded power on a regular basis. And you are somebody that just carries this essence of confidence of belonging, of trust, of confidence, of just the way that you walk in and you own a room and you're teeny tiny. And so <laughs> it's one of those things that I know people say it all the time. Like you're like this, like, uh, like this, this spitfire firecracker in this like yeah. little, little box, but man, you have taught me so much about the power that we hold simply because the way I've watched you hold the power of a room and it is it's so incredible and I can't even I can't even tell you how much I've learned and like seeped from you over the last few years and it's it's so fun to watch I'm excited to have you on the show it's a blessing for me to have you on the show and I also know I get to learn on the show as well so welcome well, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I'm I'm super honored to be here. I adore you. I love what you stand for, who you are for people, for women. And I actually, I don't know if I told you this directly, I so look up to you as a mom. I have twin boys and I see the incredible young men you're developing. And my twins are 13. My twin boys are 13 and I see who you are and what you've been for them. And it, it actually, it really motivates me and, and has me want to be a better mom. Oh, so, wow. Thank you so much for that. Like, especially when sometimes you're going through, you know, like right now they're, they're 18 and figuring some stuff out and it's just, Oh, I just received that in. So thank you so much for that. And, and honestly, one of the things that, I am working on for myself is always really understanding that even our mentors can learn from us mm -hmm. that really accepting that there is a mutual partnership for that. And I've really been stepping into understanding that for myself. So you just yeah. gave me a gift for that as well. Great. So, yeah. That's yeah. True. yeah. So true. So yeah. in a quick, for people that don't know you at all, who is Lisa Kalman? Uh, uh, thank you for asking. I uh, 
call myself a, I'm a transformational trainer and coach, but I call myself a badass transformational coach and mindset wizard. So I have a background in business. That was my, my, well, my graduate, my, my BS was in radio, TV, and film. So I love communication, I'm a Gemini. And then I have an MBA and I worked for a large financial services company, did transformational work, was bitten by the bug. And really what I really found was I had a vision and then my vision had me. So I followed my vision into this work. And over the last 36 years, I've been doing this work for 36 years now, I've trained and coached over, you know, I don't know, tens of thousands of students all over the world. I used to travel quite a bit, don't do it as much anymore. And I'm also the author of the book, The Problem is How You See the Problem, which is all about perspective and how to shift your perspective to live an empowered life. Because I think everything stems from how we're looking at life, uh, which I think I was blessed to find my way this lifetime because it's what I get to work on all the time. So, mm-hmm. so Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And you're a mama of two twin boys. And- uh, yeah, twin boys that are 13. And uh, I didn't have, I, here's my joke. I go, I didn't have them, but I have them. Like I didn't yeah. have them, but I have them. Yeah. But I have them, yes. Yeah. And a fellow marathon runner. Like you, That's right. That's right. It's been a long time, but I love the process of dedicating to that kind of commitment. And yes. So and you, uh, you were one of the first people when I said that I'd signed back up for New York City Marathon. You were the first, one of the first people to say, "Oh my gosh, that one's so great!" It's my so, so favorite. It's my so yeah, favorite. yeah. So I love you, New Yorkers. <laughs> yes. So I'm super excited about that. We are on this series talking about beyond the bathtub <laughs> this month, and. I love that. I was talking about different ways because there's such a there's such a thing in culture right now of loving yourself more, learning mm-hmm. to receive more, those types of things. And so taking the bubble baths, taking all of those things. And so I really wanted to dedicate the month of February to what are the maybe the hidden ways or what are some of the other ways of how we can truly step into loving ourselves. And especially as women, I think this is super important because- yeah. In the past, um, when you look at the dynamics of history and, you know, men have been breadwinners, different things like that. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I still feel like it's kind of even early that women are starting to step into a role and understanding their relationships and dynamics with money. Yeah. So I want to open up with the question simply of how do you see especially when you talked about perspective, how you see the problem, Mm -hmm. how do you see that abundance and money Mm -hmm. is correlated to loving ourselves or loving ourselves more? Got it. Great. Well, as you were talking about women and stepping in, you know, always thinking about, uh, I don't know, you probably know this, but women in the United States could not own, have their own credit card in their name until like, the 70s, like 73 or 74, something like that. Mm-hmm. So women were uh, not only taught, but related to as not capable of handling money. Mm. And so it's downloaded in the 
culture, especially for women um, that are, you know, 50s, in their 50s or their 60s, et cetera, doesn't mean they're not making great money. I know many women who make tons of money. And it's still this sort of cultural thing if we talk about uh, male, female. And the male, and just to talk a little bit more about that, the male essence is so directional and focused and historically, at least in our lifetime and probably our parents' lifetime, it took directional and focus for money to come in. Mm -hmm. And so if women were holding the more feminine space of receptivity and intuition and divine, then it wasn't seen as a way to attract money. So it was sort of baked in the cake with- with <laughs> While you were baking cakes. <laughs> While we were baking cakes, they were bringing home the bacon, as they say. Um, so I think that's, I, I hadn't thought about it that way, but yeah, I think that's so important. And, you know, let me step into what money is because- in understanding what money is, I think it opens up an incredible, not even a door, like a, like a, you know, a, a warehouse door for especially women. And, you know, if you think about money, like uh, four or five, 600 years ago, it was maybe pelts or furs. Mm, and yes. then it became teas and coffees and spices. And then it became gold or coin or silver, something like that. And it was mm -hmm. traded as, quote, currency. Then it became cash. We remember that. Um, I still use it. <laughs> Our kids don't, but <laughs> your kids probably don't. And then it was these little, these things called checks that you write on. I still do that sometimes. Yes. And then there are these plastic things called credit cards. And now here's what it is for most people. Yes, it's, phone. Like, it's a tap of a button. Tap of a phone. And at my Whole Foods, you can go in and scan your palm and that can, you just go to the register, put your palm down and it charges you. Your palm? I mean- Your palm, your palm. They read your palm. Oh my gosh. I, I did not know that. Yes, yes. And, you know, the Amazon Fresh stores, you walk in and it, I don't know what it's your phone or whatever. And it just charges you for whatever you take out. You don't even, there's nobody there. Oh my God. I didn't even know yeah, that. There are those, there I are talking about the Jetsons like that. Yeah, exactly. Well, somebody just gave me a post. <laughs> I have to send to you a little cartoon. It was hilarious. So money has actually changed in what the form of it is. Even in the last few years, like crazy, much less to invisible decades. actually. Yeah. Yeah, I'm waiting for us to just think about it and spend money, which is going to be a trouble for me. Totally. Anyway, <laughs> anyway so money is a, a an exchange that represents our creative energy. Money is an exchange that represents our creative energy. It's my favorite definition. Now, if everything is energy, and if we take, if we break ourselves down, if we go into any kind of scientific or quantum physics, we go down to the very tiniest particle where energy moving, it's energy moving. So money is energy. And if money is energy, it can be attracted and it can flow. So if it's energy, it can be attracted and it can flow, which for me and you, opens up a wide possibility for women because we are 
the queens of attracting energy and flow. That's mm -hmm. it's, it, it's in our nature. When we're in our divine feminine or in our feminine, it's our to attract energy and flow. Mm -hmm. And there are some ways to do that. So I think money, back to your question, money in terms of women's self-care is not only the attraction of any kind of energy, is not only your natural state, our natural state as women, also because money has represented value. We pay more money for certain size houses than other size houses or cars for different kind of cars or et cetera. Because money has represented value, it is a declaration of your value when you experience and know that you deserve the flow of energy, money, et cetera. So for women that historically have had difficulty with money, it will almost always be sourced or generated or rooted in a um, unvaluable, possibly unworthy or not valuable enough belief. Mm, this is so, this is so perfect because this is so real for me right now, because I, I had at one point been in the pendulum a swing of mm -hmm. saving 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 you don't spend it was very like masculine the more you work the more you make all the things right and it was you don't spend on anything it's it was all over there there was no risk to it whatsoever mm -hmm. it was all like the contained side you were in accumulate I was in accumulate, but you could only accumulate so much, you know, like there was not, there was not any exposure to me at that point that there was other possibilities. It was, mm -hmm. you make what you make, you handle it and you, yes, you just like save and hang on and all those mm -hmm. things. Then I moved into personal growth and personal development and really started working on so much of myself. And what I noticed was I moved into a space of understanding risk tolerance, starting to unhook from what money meant about me, mm -hmm. starting to actually be okay with not even having any, when I completely stepped into my, mm -hmm. um, my entrepreneurial journey and walked that path for a while. Mm -hmm. And now I'm playing with this energy of deserving. So I love that you brought this up because I feel like there, there, that was one energy. Then I expanded into another energy of like learning to not attach my value to it, but also right. learning to receive. And I noticed I could create and receive large amounts of money in even short amounts of time. And mm -hmm. that was, a, that was a new energy for me to play with right. now. And I think this is so important for what you're talking about for deserving. Now I'm playing with this energy of deserving, not because I've done, not mm -hmm. because of even just like trusting and it'll come type energy, mm -hmm. but just because and so just like our leadership capacity, like to hold problems, for example, like to goes greater and greater and greater as we develop. Yeah. 
do you see that money, same thing for us, like we get to grow our capacity of the amount that we allow ourselves to hold? Yeah. And this kind of comes back to um, a couple of things about money that I think it's important that our, your, your, your listeners and folks and your tribe knows is, you know, there it's an expanding resource. Like there's more money in the world right now than there was when we began this podcast. Oh, yes. Yes. There's yes. more now and there's more now. It's expanding. Okay. So there's enough. I think there's a fundamental, more than enough. More than enough. There's a fundamental scarcity energy and context of our planet you know, there's some key ones, there's scarcity, there's separation, there's, but if we just talk about scarcity, that we're born into and that, that there's not enough and you got to hold on and that's the, uh, and so there's enough. So in knowing that, then it's, for me, it's even beyond the word deserving. Mm -hmm. It just is. Yeah. It just is. There is, there is enough. There's, there's money, there's flow there, there, there is, and that's important. And you have done an incredible amount of your own personal development and growth and evolution, where as even a lot of people, what I've, what I, part of why I got into this was my own inconsistency with money. Like there'd be a lot that would flow and then it wouldn't. And then I yes. was so afraid. And then it would, you know, it was, I couldn't quite get why was this happening? You know, yeah. I was working hard all the way. You know, it's not like I stopped working hard. Um, so for most people, even if they've done some kind of personal development and looked at their belief system and mindset, they haven't gone deep in the money conversation. They've gone more wide. Mm -hmm. So the first step I think for anybody uh, to look at, how do I open the flow? Cause again, there's enough. How do I open the flow is look at what's stopping the flow. So we're either stopping the flow or we're attracting the flow. We're either stopping it or attracting it. Okay. So what, what's stopping the flow? And the first place to look is at our own hidden stops, what I call hidden stops, or, or as we would say, beliefs that have been sort of downloaded. So there's cultural ones, like ones that just we're born into human being and they come with that. And, you know, some of those are money doesn't grow on trees or you know, the misquote from the Bible, money is the root of all evil, which is a misquote because it's the mm -hmm. love of money is the root of all evil, which is about attachment. Uh, or rich people are greedy. Greedy. Yeah, which if, if or evil, I heard somebody say evil last night, I did a class. And I'm like, wow, if people, if the belief is even unconsciously that rich people are evil, I'm not going to want to be evil. So I'm not going to get rich. I'm going to push that away. Yeah, yeah. So looking at those in the second place, which I think is really a great uh, exercise. As I said, I do this in my in my masterclass is look at what were the beliefs that from your family of origin around money that were both verbal and nonverbal or modeled. Mm -hmm. Like from your parents, your grandparents, your maybe aunts and uncles and family or culture what were the beliefs that you saw either modeled or spoken and how has that infected, impacted your own 
making money, spending money, saving money, you know, accumulating money, et cetera. So uh, one of the, just to give one quick example is when I did this kind of digging, I realized I, um, at 20 years old, I was working for a financial service company. I was in sales. I could have made more money, but I kept making the same amount. My dad worked in retail his whole life. He wasn't, he didn't own it. It was like a Target, you know, or department mm -hmm. store, but he didn't, he was the manager. Worked hard, worked late, worked evenings. So at 28, I was making as much money as my dad had ever made. Mm -hmm. And so when I dug this, I had a belief, I had a thought or whatever that was hidden for me that was like, you know, at 28, I shouldn't outshine my dad. Now, when I examined it, I put light on it and examined it. I went, well, that makes no sense. My dad wants me to be successful. This is it. And almost immediately, my income opened up. I made 35, 40% more that year. I added a territory. And this unconscious belief was in the way of that. And again, he didn't ever say anything about it. It was, I don't even know where the belief came from for me. But, you know, I've heard people talk about, like, there wasn't talk about money in their home, but then when we, they went to sleep as children or as kids, their mom and dad would fight about money. They could hear oh, them. sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. there was a modeling of that. So there's yeah. a plethora of opportunity to look there for everybody. Mm -hmm. And that's the other place. And then your own experience with money, you know, maybe as a kid or older, you had a bankruptcy or something. All of that is is affecting us. 85 to 90% of what we be and do and say and think is on the subconscious level, unconscious level. Mm -hmm. So for somebody that like, let's say they do some digging and they allow themselves to step into that and, uh -huh. and uncover and see what's there. What are a couple things that you can recommend for people for like practical tips to open mm -hmm. the flow? Open the flow. So first of all, in shedding light on the on any of those stops or beliefs, you know, mm -hmm. um, then it becomes from unconscious to conscious. And so, as a, a woman said last night in my class, that uh, her mom said, "Never go into debt. Don't go into debt." And so, in a, in sort of seeing that, then a lot of people use debt to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. use other people's money that's a, one of the techniques yeah so she can now go oh wow my my resistance to even looking at other sources of money including debt or you know etc I can now make conscious choices about that so when you bring light to it slow down the process oh wow this is like my dad talking, or this is my, you know, this is what I was modeled by my grandfather or whatever. Does that serve me now? Does that fit me now? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. And I would invite anybody, including especially women who don't know much about, they feel like they don't much about it, start studying. Susie Orman is a long-term author of writing books for women who don't know much about she took a stand for women to learn about money and finances. Uh, Speaking of that, why we're there. So I'm on a mission to read 60 books this year. Okay. 
And one of the things that I'm doing with all of my guests that come on the podcast is asking them specifically related to the topic. And because you just went into books related to the topic of what we're talking about, Mm -hmm. what is the top specific book that you would recommend for somebody to go listen to? And then what are you reading right now? Okay. So first of all, I'm going to tell you to read my book. The problem is actually the problem because it deals with mindset, deals with your interpretations and your mindset. Mm-hmm. And that's everything. Yes. Uh, my other book on this topic at the moment, my favorite, and I know this author because he's he's a friend of mine in a, in a uh, transformational uh, conference together, yeah. is called Happy Money by Ken Honda. Happy oh my- Money. Gosh, that's so funny because I was listening to a podcast episode where Ken Honda was being interviewed and he talked about the story of making a bed by your bed of for money. Oh, I don't remember that part, but I know I love when he um, goes to the woman and she goes, open your wallet is like, a, you know, an older Japanese woman. Uh-huh. Japanese. And he goes, and she goes, you don't have happy money. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then he's, he's a deer. He's a deer. I was just with him a couple of weeks ago. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's so funny. Like, I'm going to have to read that just because when I listened to that podcast episode on him and he was talking about how, like, it sounds ridiculous. And, and some people that he actually was coaching, they thought he was going to give them like these major answers. And it was so, it was like an energy work piece that they, yes, yes. How you relate to it. Yeah. Yes. And so that's so funny. I love that. I got to ask that because I don't think I knew he had a specific, of course he has a book. He's he's the top personal development author in Japan. So awesome. Okay. He's a dear. I'm excited to read that. Okay. And what are you reading right now? I'm actually reading Atomic Habits right now. Oh, yes, which is a great clear. Yeah. Great book. Yeah. Great book. Okay, awesome. Okay, so so back to Susie Orman and taking yeah. a stand on, yeah. on that. that. So identifying your your limiting beliefs, that's number one. And and that could be a that's a lifelong process. So just start with those places like culturally, family of origin, and then your own personal experience. Just what did you Mm -hmm. learn and what got embedded in your thinking about that and then I you know bring light to it slow the process down okay is this serving me does this forward me maybe not um and then to open the flow uh two two things number one is and this is kind of the stop and the opening make sure or identify any set points that you have and what I mean by a set point is, you know, you've heard me use and or people use the example of a thermometer versus a thermostat. Mm-hmm. A thermometer moves up and down based on the conditions around it. When it's hot, it goes up. It's cold, it goes down. Thermostat sets the conditions around it. You set your thermostat at 70 degrees and your environment goes to 70 degrees. Okay. So we actually have money thermostats. Mm-hmm. We have relational ones too, but that's for another guest of yours. That's right. Anyway, <laughs> so we have money thermostats, meaning that you have particular set points that no matter what the conditions are, everything keeps coming back to that set point. So you could have a income set point. 
That's mm-hmm. what I was noticing when I referred to earlier. Like yep. no matter what you do, you make about the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. You could have a, a business revenue set point, like whatever you do, your business brings in almost the same amount of money. You could have a saving set point, like you grow it. I don't know if this has ever happened to you or other people. You know, you save money and you go, okay, finally I've got $30,000 in the bank and then something breaks. Yeah. Water heater, the, this, something expensive. Okay. Yeah. So a uh, saving set point, or you have maybe a debt set point. I know many people who their debt gets up and then they bring it down. They're like, yes, I have almost no debt. And then a year later, it's back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the way to one, notice the set point again, awareness, and then begin to affirm something else. And my favorite, cause I can remember it. It's, it's short and sweet. I can remember it is I'm so happy and grateful for. So I'm so happy and grateful for the $50,000 in my savings account. I'm so happy and grateful for the uh, X amount of revenue coming in my business every month. I'm so happy and grateful for um, my uh, debt being at 5%. I'm so happy and grateful for, just begin to affirm. And it may not look how you think it is, may not come in the form that you thought. but begin to affirm that. So that's another way to open the flow. And then thirdly, I uh, invite people to, one, use affirmations. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, affirmations is speaking uh, as if something is so, and, you know, in the future. For me, it's, it's about bringing the future into now. Okay. So an affirmation might be, I love money, money loves me, or I, I attract the flow of money, something like that. Now, uh, we were just talking about that Mind Valley platform, and I learned this on that. And so I, I want to acknowledge the place it came from. If you're one of those people that when you say an affirmation, that in the back of your head, you're like, that's not true yet. It's mm-hmm. not happening yet. I don't mm-hmm. know if it'll happen. Like there's that little part of you that says, oh, it's not happening. <laughs> um, then shift it into the form of a lofty question. And a lofty question would sound like this. Why is there so much money flowing into my bank account every month? Why is my income going up 10% a month or a year? Why is my debt reduced every single month by X amount of money? What happens is very much like an affirmation, which God and the universe start to organize around. The same thing happens with a question. When you put out a big question, then the spiritual side of us, God and the universe starts to organize around it to answer it. So for those of you that speaking it is difficult or you, 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 because you don't want to bring that energy in. You don't want to bring that. No, Mm -hmm. Uh, ask it in a lofty question. Yeah. You know what's so powerful about that, and this is actually tied into the Mind Valley, is I was listening to one of the meditations I'll do on a regular basis is the six phase meditation that oh, yes. Connie that did. Does. Yeah. And there is there's like one version of that where part of one of the phases is, and I didn't know that that's what it was, but that's what he's doing. He's asking a lofty question. Mm-hmm. And I have noticed how much my energy changes. He like asks the question, mm-hmm. like, why is this happening to me? Why is, 
Why mm -hmm. am I attracting in all of this amazing money and all of these mm -hmm. opportunities? And, and he goes through different ones. And then you have a few minutes yeah. to ask your own yeah. questions. And so that's interesting. Cause I, I one is I had never heard that that's was yeah. a lofty question, but I have noticed that for me being in an energy of openness, like I'm in the process of creating this or this is, or I'm willing to become this, like mm -hmm. I've gotten to add a bridge for me to, mm -hmm. so I can fully get yeah. around it rather than saying I am it. Cause I yeah. do go into right. the, you're not yet. And so I love that you brought that forward for mm -hmm. different ways that you can still create that. I'm curious on a question around the power that we have given money in our lives. And so, uh, <laughs> um, because so often there's like a permission based off of money and what money says and the thermostat and where it's been set and what we're allowed to have or do or all the different things. And so as we're opening up, I feel like we would do a disservice if we don't hit on this of even hidden ways we are giving power to money, even though we don't think we are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's interesting. Um, I actually do a whole module in my course, Money, Wealth and Miracles on power and the underlying beliefs around power. We, this is part of what being born into our culture, especially at this time in our lives means. So already in the water is a connection between money and power. Now we all know many people in the world that are super happy and they don't necessarily have a lot of money you see the Dalai, you know, the Dalai Lama hasn't had a, a house or a home in 60 years. <laughs> you know, he seems fine. Yeah, he seems fine. Mother Teresa didn't have lots of money. Yeah. Even, uh, even my son was just telling me the other day, he was watching some videos on like kids in Africa and he was just like, they're so happy and they've got nothing. I mean, he was just money. like, and here I am complaining because there's not enough cosmic brownies in the, right, exactly. <laughs> and he was just like, it's just not yeah. computing. Like it's yeah. really a real thing. So yeah. yeah. And most people listening to this live in Western, the Western world, whether yeah. it's United States, Canada, Europe, et cetera. And it is that power and money go, are, are co collapsed. So, um, one of the things around that, I think, for women is to begin to look at historically uh, how you experienced power. So if there was someone in your life that was, quote, powerful, could be a father figure, could be a teacher, could be a mentor, and, a, and then they were abusive with power. Could be abusive to you, could be abusive to other people, could be physically, emotionally, sexually, any of the above. Mm -hmm. Then you may have an aversion to being powerful, which is going to seep into how you relate to money. Mm, yeah, it. it takes it takes a little bit of like discovering because back in there, and it's because power and money are so collapsed mm -hmm. in our culture. And as we know, true power isn't that anyway. Um, so that's one thing. Or if you wanted to prove 
like let's say your dad was critical or somebody in your home, your mom or dad were super critical and you would never be nothing or blah, blah, blah. You're not worth it. And then you were going to go prove to them that you were, you might be one of those people who was like highly motivated, go out, make it happen, make a lot of money, prove your worth. And it's never enough. Mm -hmm. It's never enough because you're trying to fill a hole that had nothing to do with money and had to do with connection and bonding and and stuff like that so there's there is a connection it takes some sort of unwrapping the spaghetti around that Mm -hmm. as well you know yeah there's so much that we have entangled into just money and I think Mm -hmm. for all of us the work is separating all of it out and then having the clear energy around money is energy like what you said in the first place and I want to end on two things. One is how can people find you and, and learn so much more about what you're teaching. And then I want to end on any final word that you have about transforming this relationship when it comes to loving yourself through Mm -hmm. money. I feel like there's just like one more point of, of that. So got it. Well, you can find me at on Facebook and Instagram at Lisa Kalman. And uh, my, I have a website, lisakalman.com. Okay. Um, and then I'm, I am kicking off one of my Money, Wealth and Miracles course in the next week. So if that's something I'm going to give Carrie access to my podcast, which is about 80, 90 minutes, probably 80 minutes recorded of many things that we talked about, but through a process where you can do the, the, the experiences and, and journal, do some stuff. Yeah. And then the thing I would tie it all together is uh, if money is a representation of our energy and our creative energy, then whether you have a lot in your bank account or not, you can be an expressed, um, authentic, divine being. And so one of the things that is really essential in, in the work I do around this is that you maintain who you are and your joy and your well-being and your gratitude and your happiness whether there's money flowing in or not, because when you're being that, then the attraction can still occur. Don't be a reaction to what's happening. Be the waterfall overflowing. So that would be. Awesome. And open up to- You feel better about yourself too. Yes. And you get to open up to more and more and more and more and more. And as vast as the ocean is, it's Mm -hmm. infinite, the amount of, of money and, and abundance yeah, and love that's actually even available. So, absolutely. so thank you so much for this conversation. I got so much out of this conversation, yeah. even for me. And I know that the listeners did as well. Thank yeah. you for who you are in the world. I'm such a big believer in magic and miracles. And so I love that your program is around money, wealth, and miracles mm-hmm. and ties together all of those energies. And I just, I appreciate your wisdom, your insight and just who you are. So thank you so much. Thank you, sweetie. I love you. And thank you so much. I love you too. Have an amazing day. And 
for today, open up the flow and love yourself beyond the bubble bath. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in for today's show. If you are wanting to make sure you don't miss an episode, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. And because we are all about impacting and supporting others, if this is something you know that a friend or someone else would definitely get benefit of it, be sure to share it with them. Here's to living another day as grace on fire.